We look at early trade candidates for the Baltimore Ravens as the 2023 offseason continues. All that and more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here. As always, and making us your first listen each and every day. Free and available anywhere you get your podcasts, all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. And I appreciate everyone, whether you're an every day or you listen every day to this show. If you're a first timer here, thank you for giving us a chance here on Lockdown. If you're somewhere in between as well, thank you. We are giving you a Monday through Friday Ravens content. Even throughout the holiday week, there are no breaks here. I've never missed an episode since 2019 of this show when I started off. So you can always count on that five days a week here. And we have a lot to talk about today where it's interesting when you're talking about trades, and this has been a big trade week for me. We've talked a lot about trades, so we're going to continue that trend here today. Early trade candidates. It's an episode I did last offseason, and I think a lot of people really liked it, so I wanted to bring it back here today. We're just going to talk about guys on the roster who could be traded before the season starts. We talked about that a little bit with Tyler Huntley, but there are some guys that I feel like could be fit this bill depending on you know how teams view them could fetch some solid draft compensation could fetch some later on compensation maybe could be packaged in deals and put together for a player that the Ravens get back that actually does well for them so we'll talk about that and then we'll also get into if an offseason trade is worth it for the Ravens and and you know trading away a guy even trading for a guy if it's even worth them making a move or should they just go to the free agent market or anything of that with, with how late it is in the offseason right now. Then we'll talk a bit about injury expectations and, you know, it's hard to look, you can never project injuries. Right. But I think with the way that the, at least with Steve Saunders out of the building, I think we can at least hope that injuries will be a little bit better. So we can talk about how the Ravens injury situations have been over the last couple of seasons and how maybe them being a bit healthier could be a lot better for their expectations moving forward. So let's first start with some early trade candidates for the Ravens. I was thinking I was just going to go, Position by position, talking about some of those guys that we could talk about and figure out who's the, who are some of the biggest trade candidates for them. So yesterday we talked about Tyler Huntley, and I think when talking about the quarterback position first, Tyler Huntley is the one that comes to mind because he's somebody that, I mean, has played a lot of games for the Ravens, started a lot of games for the Ravens with Lamar being injured for a lot of the past two seasons. But to me, I just think that the value that Anthony Brown brings and maybe the ceiling Anthony Brown has a little bit higher than a Tyler Huntley. And if a team in the preseason goes through the, Oh, we need a backup quarterback or the, you know, their starter goes down and they say, Oh, we need a backup now to start for some games. And then they trust him moving forward. I, I don't, I feel like Tyler Huntley could be a guy that, that gets moved for the Ravens. Now with the way the three quarterback roster rule has been set and kind of revamped, maybe the Ravens view it as all well, they, they can have, Lamar and Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown on the roster with Josh Johnson is the practice squad guy. But as, as I've talked about, if they feel comfortable enough with Josh Johnson as the third quarterback and Anthony Brown as their backup, maybe Tyler Huntley is the odd man out in that room. And then you can maybe fetch again, a, maybe a third or fourth rounder, maybe a second on the high end, a fifth on the low end. I, I wouldn't do it for a fifth personally, but we'll see. I think Tyler Huntley is someone who could be traded this offseason, but if 
Baltimore likes them. Baltimore, I think, is a fine backup quarterback, but someone who, I don't know, I, I like Anthony Brown a bit better in that spot with the ceiling and maybe what he brings from a skill set stance. Running back-wise, I don't really see anybody. I mean, I guess if you had to pick one guy, I, I might go, okay, I'll say this is going to be bold, and I don't think it happens at all, but Gus Edwards, I think that Gus Edwards is somebody, I mean, if you really want to go bold, you could say J.K. Dobbins and say, you know, the holding continues. If it is presumed, presumed holding continues. And, you know, he says, oh, I want to trade and that could happen. But I think for Edwards, someone who maybe they want to give a little bit more of the offense to J.K. Dobbins and they trust Justice Hill, maybe a Keaton Mitchell, for example. I don't think it happens. I really don't. But if I, if I had, I'll give a player that if I had to give a player at each position, I, I will say. And for me, that's Gus Edwards to me there. Fullback. I mean, <laughs> I don't think this one counts. I don't think anybody's trading for a fullback. I, I won't even I won't even talk about that one. Wide receiver wise, I don't see a trade there at all. I mean, I literally no one. I mean, it, I don't even know if I could give someone if I had to give someone. Devin Duvernay, I guess, would be mine. And okay, I will say Devin Duvernay if I had to give a player. And I don't think he gets traded. The reason I say maybe to Devin Duvernay is because of his salary. He's making a lot more money than the average fourth year, third round pick because of all the accolades he's accomplished as a special teams guy. And because of that, his salary has increased because, you know, he's made the Pro Bowl. He's had accolades. So maybe if the Rams want to move off of some money, clear some cap space, he could be a guy. But I, I think he's a good wide receiver. Like I think people look at the salary and say, oh, well, that's not worth it. But I don't know. To me, Devin DuVernay is someone who I thought showed a lot of growth last year before his injury. And I, I'm honestly excited to see him not necessarily work as a number two guy because I don't think he needs to anymore. But as a number, maybe number four guy, I'm excited about that. Tight end, I don't see a trade here. Uh, they're three deep at the position. They need three. If I had to say, I'd say Charlie Kohler, but it's not happening. <laughs> I mean, Andrew's likely Kohler's great. It's a really great trio. I don't see a trade happening there. Tight end, that's one. I, yeah, that, that's probably the one I see of like, oh, I really just cannot name anybody. But if I had to, I said I would give one. If I had to, I'd say Charlie Kohler. Offensive line, Ben Cleveland. Ben Cleveland's the easy choice for me here. Cleveland's someone who hasn't lived up to the hype, someone who not a lot of people are very high on. Seems like he's honest. He might be his, his way might be off the roster as opposed to on it at this point. That might be what he's heading towards. So I don't know. Ben Cleveland to me seems like a very prime trade candidate at the offensive line position. I think that, you know, if he, if, look, if he steps up, proves it during the preseason, proves it during training camp, I'm, I'm wrong there. But I don't know. If I had to give a good guy, definitely Ben Cleveland. Defensive line. I, I don't, I, this is another one. This might be the defensive version of, I don't need to give a guy. I can't give a guy Brent urban, maybe Roger Washington. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Michael Pierce. I don't really see a guy. This one's harder than tight end. I mean, cause you, with, you're not trading Andrews, you're not trading likely, but defensive line. I mean, you, you're a little, you don't, you don't want to trade any of the five. So I don't know. I, I guess I'll say Roger Washington, but I don't, I don't really see a trade candidate on that group right now. Same thing with outside linebacker. I mean, you really don't have anybody to trade. I guess Tyus Bowser, if you bring in two veterans or something, but you don't really have anybody to trade, in my opinion, there. So I don't really see that. Inside linebacker, super interesting. I have multiple guys here. Malik Harrison's the big one, I think. And Malik Harrison, to me, might be my biggest prime trade candidate at this point because of the fact that he's just kind of buried on the depth chart right now. I don't think he's that bad of a player. Like, I think, you know, has a lot of room to grow a lot of way, a long way to go, but potential is there. He's a fourth year guy. And I don't know. I mean, you have Patrick queen and Roquan Smith and Trenton Simpson. Those are your top three. Harrison's kind of buried as the fourth middle linebacker. And if a team feels like they can unlock Malik Harrison 
or, you know, trade a conditional sixth or conditional seventh for a guy that was a third round pick four years ago out of Ohio State when most people, myself included, had him as a second. Look, hasn't worked out in Baltimore. He's had some opportunities, not a ton, but has had some opportunities, hasn't been able to capitalize. So Malik Harrison to me is somebody who I, I consider a prime trade candidate. Kristen Welch is somebody else who could be. I know he just signed. I don't even know the trade parameters, honestly, but he's someone who could be. Josh Ross is another player who just, you know, if these guys are buried on the depth chart, maybe there is a way for them to get other playing time somewhere else. Malik Harrison out of that group to me is the one. Corner-wise, <laughs> this is another tough one because outside of Marlon Humphrey and Rock Cassian, they don't really have some guys. Maybe if they give up on a Pepe Williams or Jalen Omer Davis to make a deal there, but those are really the only two I can think of at this point. I wouldn't anticipate them moving on from Kyle Kelly or Trayvon Mullen or Ardarius Washington. So, yeah, I guess those two. And then safety, again, I don't maybe Brandon Steve. No, not even Brandon. Maybe Geno Stone. I don't even think him. I don't know. Safety, I'd say either Brandon Stevens or Geno Stone, but I mean, I don't really see a way that they would want to move off of either of those guys. So it's an interesting conversation about, you know, who could be an early trade candidate. But my, my top ones, I would say Tyler Huntley, Ben Cleveland, Malik Harrison, and maybe Jalen Armand Davis and Pat Williams. There aren't really a ton of trade trade players for the Ravens, like players the Ravens would trade that I could see happening. But those three are the ones that I would say are the biggest early trade candidates. Coming up in the second segment, though, we'll talk about more trade talk, off-season trades, would it be worth it for the Ravens? So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about here on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think's going to be the first home run hitter. All that and now the safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's another place to bet on all the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So now today, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus best. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. We are back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker is still rocking with you, taking you through Ravens content in the low period of the offseason when we don't stop on Locked On Ravens. So low period is still busy season for us on this show. But let's talk about trades more, offseason trades. This late in the offseason trades. Are they worth it for the Ravens? What would it look like for the Ravens? We'll talk about it. Look, early early trade candidates for the Ravens. Talked about that in the first segment. What it would look like is essentially essentially a roster dump for Baltimore, where if you trade a talent, well, Tyler Huntley wouldn't be like I feel like you could get some solid value back for him. But Ben Cleveland, Malik Harrison, the two guys identified as maybe the biggest early trade candidates. I mean, that's like a sixth rounder, seventh rounder, and you're not really getting a ton. But what about a guy coming in? What about the Ravens bringing in somebody? Now, when you talk about like a big splash, I've identified Jair Alexander is like my dream trade target for the Ravens. I am not sure a trade like that happens this late in the offseason. Maybe it does, you know, maybe something happens, but I wouldn't, wouldn't anticipate a huge move like that happening for the Ravens or frankly, mostly any team. And even so, I'm kind of pessimistic on the Ravens giving up a first round pick where I just, I would be fine with them doing it. I just don't think they will because I don't think that's their philosophy. So you're maybe looking at more like around the margin trades, like trading for a mid-tier cornerback, a mid-tier outside linebacker. If you really don't feel good about your your offensive guard depth, you're like a mid-tier guard, someone you could give up a fourth four or a fifth four or a sixth four or a seventh four 
and feel fine for a depth piece. I think Baltimore's roster, for the most part, I don't know if it's fully set. In fact, I don't think it is. But for the most part, it is pretty set right now. So you just have to kind of wonder what would be next? What would the trade be? In terms of trade targets, you know, I'll, I'll do a separate episode on that. I don't, I don't necessarily have a ton that I could think of off the top of my head. But at this point, it's more free agents, right? Like, would a trade be worth it for the Ravens to trade for a mid-tier outside linebacker, let's say, who is on a roster right now, and you give up that mid-tier draft capital, like a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, probably more like a fourth to seventh, not, not really a third. But regardless, if you give up that capital, you bring somebody and that's fine, right? You know, you're getting a solid option, but who's look at who's available right now. It's Justin Houston. It's Jadavian Clowney. It's Yannick Ngakwe. Some of these guys here that I feel like you get some of the same production, maybe a tad less or even a tad more, and you're not giving up anything. Corner-wise, I think it's a little different. The corner market is pretty dry right now. I think a trade for an outside linebacker for Baltimore right now would not be worth it because of who's available. A trade for a cornerback right now, based off who's available, I I can get behind that. I can get behind a corner trade for Baltimore because it's just, you know, who's out there? Like, in a set, especially when you're talking about the specificness, if that's the word, the specificness of the need for the Ravens at corner, where it's a slot guy. They need a slot guy. Like, sure, they could use some solid outside depth. That's fine. But they literally do not know who's playing in the slot this year for them. They're going to have the battle, at least at this point, for Minnesota Darius Washington. But to me, as Marcus Peters is probably not coming back. And we've probably, you know, pretty been made clear that the Peters money probably went to Rocky Asin. But slot corners right now, it's Bryce Callahan, Chris Harris Jr., like – those aren't guys that are super inspiring names at this point in their careers. I think Bryce Callahan is fine, but is he that much of an upgrade from an Ardarius Washington? I think you can get an upgrade from Ardarius Washington, somebody you could trust a bit more than have Ardarius Washington's depth in a trade. So it's it's different layers and different circumstances. Plus, we we talk, you know, about midseason trades. Would they make that deal? You know, when would they make a deal in the midseason? They've done it before, obviously, and they've done it a lot over the past five or so years, six or so years. But if the Ravens make a trade now and they deplete themselves, let's say of a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder or whatnot, and then a need pops up, like there's an injury thing where like they get depleted somewhere, like they lose a ton of people to a certain position and they need to make a trade. Like right now they'd be trading for a position of need in let's say corner outside linebacker, but they have enough young guys at corner in at least – I guess enough potential to bank on an OA and a Jabo and having Bowser there where it'd be fine. I, w- I wouldn't love it, but it'd be fine if they didn't add anybody else. But if they get wiped at a position early on in the season or midway through the year and they have to make a trade, if they've already made the, a trade for a corner, let's say, and then their entire tight end room gets wiped and they need to add somebody there and there's nobody available who can make a huge impact for them. And you kind of put yourself out on that. And you, look, you can't necessarily do that. And we'll talk about the, this with injuries in the final part of the show. But you, you have to account for injuries and kind of make sure you understand that, yeah, they're going to happen. But I, I don't think you can make every move with them being so cautious. Like, oh, well, we're so scared that this guy's going to get injured where we're not going to make a move where in another position where it can clearly make us better. That's not the mindset you have to have as a team. It, it can't be the mindset you have as a team. You have to be fully confident in the ability of your guys to stay healthy, even though, look, not every, no team, absolutely no team is going to stay 100% healthy throughout an entire season. It just, does, it just doesn't happen. 
health luck contributes a ton to Super Bowls. We'll talk about that in the final part of the show, too. But when you're talking about trades, trades when it comes to the NFL, you know, feels like they're a lot more common nowadays. You know, you talk like 10 years ago, it wasn't really that common. I, I remember the trade deadlines when they were so dead. Like, I remember Carson Palmer got traded from what, like Cincinnati to Oakland at the time. And that was like, oh, oh, that's so big. And that was like the only deal of the day or something like that. Trades are a lot more common now, but t- it's an avenue to improve, right? Where the guys available are the guys available. The Ravens, I don't think, have any problem throwing some sixth or seventh round picks out there to get a guy who can help them now, especially as I've talked about where this is a win now team, but it's not a win now team in the way that they have to blow it up after this year. They have the ability to, they, they can make mistakes. You know, they're, they're, in a, they're in a spot now where they, I think, at this point, have to win some playoff games to at least make me feel good about the direction of the team. I don't want another complacent. Oh, oh, we lost in the walk around again. We lost in the, the division around again. And then the coaches say, oh, we'll run it back next year. That that can happen. If a trade puts you over the top or you think a trade can give you a solid depth piece at this point in the offseason, it's not going to cost you a ton. You think it's the right move. I don't think there's a wrong time to make a trade. I mean, I'm, look, I'm sure there are when it comes to like just adding someone who's not needed whatsoever or bringing in a guy who you're like, where's the on-field fit here? Where's the off-field fit here? And we know with Eric DaCosta's general manager approach, he is somebody who is always looking to improve the roster, whether it is now, whether it is five months from now, whether it is seven months from now, Eric DaCosta is always going to be looking for agency trades at the draft. So there are plenty of avenues for Eric DaCosta to improve this roster. Trades are one of them. And and talking about if an offseason trade right now is worth it, it has to be the right one. You can't just trade to trade. But if if a player is available that makes this team better, I say go for it. Coming up in the final part of the show, we'll talk about injury expectations for this team. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on Locked On Ravens. We're back here. Our final part of Locked On Ravens here. Kevin Ostriker taking you through the home stretch. We talked a lot of trades. We'll take a break from that here. I'm all traded out personally. I've talked about it a ton. So let's talk injuries. Something that's not really fun. I think trades are more fun to talk about than injuries, but I think injuries are important to talk about. Injuries happen. This is football. Injuries are going to happen. The Ravens are not going to come out of this year healthy. They're going to be disappointing injuries for the Ravens, disappointing injuries for every team in the league. 2021 was a different animal. That was a really hard season to go through covering this team. And, you know, as a fan and as a football watcher, we were robbed. A lot of people were robbed that year of watching good Ravens football. I I remember the excitement. Do you you remember the excitement of that year was incredible? I I mean, I remember we were going to see J.K. Dobbins against Edwards catching passes out of the backfield. Lamar is going to have a really good run game. And, you know, the defense with Marcus Peter and that everything just crashed and burned that year. Now, the way that the Ravens injury situation could be this year, you know, 2022 was better. It was better. Now guys got injured. Still wasn't a great year for him, but it was, I think anything could be better than what 2021 was. But this year, the big thing is Steve Saunders now out of the building. God, just who comes on with me every Friday made a, very big deal about that. And I did too. Look, I, I wanted Steve Saunders gone a couple years ago. You know, when the, the whole COVID, the alleged, quote unquote, alleged COVID thing happened. You know, to me, I thought that was just, you know, should have been gone then. But regardless of the whole thing, it was just violating NFL protocol and this, that, and the other. But not to mention just making guys unsafe. But the whole point of Steve Saunders is that his training regimen got an F minus grade in the player review that the players did an anonymous player review that I thought was a really good idea and they should do it every single season. F minus. I didn't even know that was a real grade. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't even know you could get an F. I thought it was F and you, you know, fail. Like that's it. You got worse than a failing grade. If you're Steve Saunders with this training staff and the training program, it's just, 
It's not acceptable in the NFL. It's not. I'm very optimistic about the Ravens injury chances this year. I'm not, I'm not trying to jinx anything. I promise you. I, I promise you I'm not trying to jinx anything. But with Steve Saunders out of the picture, now hopefully the Ravens will be able to get some, I guess, updated, some new protocols into place. They tried a lot last year. If you remember, you know, they moved their practices from the morning to the afternoon. They, they, they tried all these different things with injuries. The, the preseason, they barely played any of their starters. They tried a lot, and it, it, I think it worked to an extent. But with expectations, it's not just injury expectations in terms of, oh, well, how do you account for injuries? How do you manage injuries? Like, for example, last year with the wide receiver position, the Ravens did not manage those injury concerns or injury potential well. They – Banked on their young guys only, which in itself was, look, again, I understood the vision. It was not the vision I would have gone for. I was not really in favor of it. But with that, Bateman was somebody who had suffered an injury last year, and he was the number one receiver. Injuries happened to the position, but they didn't stack enough depth to be able to withstand that. Duvernay and Bateman go down. The position is just cooked as a whole. They had to rely on Deshaun Jackson and Demarcus Robinson and you know, second coming of Sammy Watkins and all these guys. So it just was not good this year. If you look at the position, they now have the ability, right? Odell is somebody, right, who tore the ACL in the Super Bowl in 2021, hasn't played in a full season. That's a player that, you know, you want to account to have depth if he gets injured. Rashad Bateman, another injury. You want to account for a guy getting injured then as well. Devin Duvernay got injured, right? You want to account that. They, they've stacked depth at most positions. Not all. The roster does have some holes, I think when it comes to corner and outside linebackers we've talked about. But I think it's a lot better this year to say, well, if they have injuries, the expectation is they can recover from, not the players recovering, but the team can recover from losing a guy because they have a player that's just better suited to fill in than I think they had last year in multiple positions. Now, when it comes to the, to the expectations of the team, I always go back to the examples of, look, the teams that make it out of the conferences, the teams that make it far in the playoffs, health plays a factor for the most part. Now, not every team has the best injury luck and those teams make it far sometimes, but for the most part, healthy teams make it far. It's super important to stay healthy as an NFL franchise, as a sports franchise, any sports franchise. You got to stay healthy if you want to have a legit shot to win. Not that you can't win without being healthy, but improves your chances greatly. So for a team, and I, you know, I said this when J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters got hurt, and it's a saying I've used over and over again. Those injuries, they lowered the ceiling of the team. They lowered the floor of the team. It makes the team worse. You're not getting those guys back. They're not walking through that door again. It kind of messes with chemistry sometimes. The expectations have to be managed when it comes to injuries. For Just team expectations have to be managed when it comes to injuries. You, you cannot be too high or especially too low when it comes to these things. But, I mean, look, you're out of the situation. Let's talk about Lamar. Lamar being the, the heartbeat of this offense, how good he is and what he does, how defense has the game plan for him. If he goes out, as we've seen, that point threshold, as I've talked about, goes from, oh, he can put up 30, he can put up 40, he can put up 25, goes to a Tyler Huntley offense, which is he can put up 25, he can put up 15, he can put up 20. And that's it lowers the, the ceiling and the floor of the unit. Now, not every player has that Lamar Jackson-type impact. In fact, not a lot of players across the league have that Lamar Jackson-type impact. So if you lose uh, Kristen Welch for the year, it's not hurting you as much as losing a J.K. Dobbins, for example. But guys are going to go in and out. Guys are going to get banged up during games. Now, how can you adjust to injuries during games, right? You, you game plan for a guy. You want to involve him in the offense. Can your depth players step up? And that's exactly what I'm going back to in terms of, 
can guys step up? Well, the Ravens just didn't have as many guys to step up last year. They didn't have as much depth last year, especially on offense. They have a lot more depth this year in guys who hopefully can make it through a full NFL season, but it's just, it's not going to be like that. Like it's, it's just not where you can hope and pray. Like, uh, okay. I'll, I'll talk about the nuggets as an example here. If you don't know, I'm a big Denver nuggets guy. They just won the championship. I was super excited about that. I'm really happy they did, but they had great injury luck. I mean, they really did. They, you know, they injury managed in the NFL. You don't really injury. You don't load manage guys like you do in the NBA, but they, you know, missed Michael Porter Jr. for a stretch. Jamal Murray missed a stretch. He was coming back from his ACL. But they didn't really lose any key players for a key extended amount of time. They were the top seed in the West for almost the entire year. Steamrolled the playoffs, had no injuries in the playoffs pretty much. And that was that. They dominated. It's the, it's the same concept, the same concept throughout sports, where the healthier you are, the better shot you have to win. In Baltimore, to me, I think they're in a better spot. They should have managed the injuries a bit better. And if I know there was a lot made about 2019 when they rested their guys in the Pittsburgh game and didn't play them. I was I was of, oh, you, you should maybe play them for a quarter or two and then let them rest. But in reality, what happens if Lamar goes down? And, and that year anyway, we talked about this on Friday's show, last Friday's show. Patrick Ismail and I said, he, he he made the point of Mark Ingram went down and got injured and Mark Andrews was also injured. And those were late season injuries that impacted the Ravens ability to win a Super Bowl that year. They were the favorites. They should have won the Super Bowl that year and they didn't not look, they played terribly in that Tennessee game. It was terrible offensive execution. You know, Tennessee, Tennessee was the better team. hundred percent. I'm not blaming it on injuries. hundred percent. But if Mark, and I, I will always say, I will always come back to this. Mark Andrews didn't have enough lift to jump on that ball on the left side of the field that Lamar threw. It ended up in an interception. If Lamar makes that throw it was a big completion, the game might've been different. Injuries come in all shapes and sizes. And it's not just guys missing time. Guys can be banged up. And by the time you're done in NFL season, nobody, nobody is healthy on an NFL roster. They're just not. Maybe guys that don't play, but people are banged up. They're dealing with minor injuries. That's just what it is that time of year. So can you work through those injuries? Can you be better than those injuries are slowing you down? That's really important too. So there are multiple ways to with like, you know, the phrase injury expectations, you know, you, you can't predict injuries. They're going to, they're going to happen. I can't tell you today that Lamar Jackson's going to get injured here, which knock on what he does not. I can't tell you today that, you know, Gus Edwards is going to miss time with an injury. Injuries happen. It's football. I'm not blaming anybody for him, but you know, it, it does take a lot to win a Super Bowl. Health is a big factor in that. So hopefully Baltimore can stay healthy this year as they kind of maneuver and manage through what should be, it's, it's going to be a challenging year, right? Not just with, oh, well, if they lose guys to injury, they, they have a tough road ahead with early season games where they, they can't really just ease into it. I mean, Houston is a game that they should, you, no, no team is an easy one in the NFL. I will never say it is, but they have three AFC divisional road games, AFC North road divisional games in the first five weeks. You can't just kind of settle in and be like, oh, we can kind of sneak this one and sneak this one here. They have a couple of sneak games early, but then three really hard physical games where guys are probably going to get banged up. Guys are probably going to get injured. So you got to take that as well and kind of understand that that's probably when it's going to be. So we'll see. We'll see is my, my favorite saying. We'll see what ends up happening for the Ravens. And I hope that they're able to have a as healthy as they can have, as healthy as they can have a season this year in 2022. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Today. We'll get back here tomorrow. More Ravens kind of. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.